What's going on, Cowboys Nation? This is the 4D Podcast. You're listening to Dallas Draft Doomsday Defense. And I'm Massey. Uh, unfortunately, Dan is still out. He is enjoying his vacation. He enjoyed his daughter's wedding. Uh, but we have, once again, a very special guest. We have, once again, joining us is Reed Hansen. He is the editor and columnist for SportsDFW.com and a pro barbecue pitmaster. How you doing today, Reed? I can't complain one bit. Doing pretty good at the four and one start, huh? That's right. That's right. This is this is as good as I could have imagined us starting. Uh, frankly, I kind of pegged the Cowboys to lose the first two games and then to start picking up momentum. I didn't expect game one to go as well as it did, and I didn't expect them to to roll off four more wins. Yeah, yeah, you're right on it. When me and Dan kind of. Uh... In previous episodes, we went over the schedule when it first came out and we were talking and we were saying those first two games were a little rough, but then after it kind of uh, eases up, which we can Mm -hmm. see, um, but it's easing up a little bit more than we had originally predicted. And then, like like you said, we started off really good. We're a couple missed field goals and the final seconds away from winning week one against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. And then we've rolled off four in a row now. And we have looked downright dominant in the last three. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's truly amazing how quickly everybody hit the ground running. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was expecting so many growing pains, but, but to be able to hit the ground running like this and see them operating with such fluidity and precision. Um, and I guess jumping right into this, this, this last game that we watched. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. We saw a dominant team fail to do little things and go into halftime in a virtual tie when it should have already been a blowout. Um, so we're not there yet, obviously, but we've seen how dominant they can be and they, they always turn it on eventually. Yeah. It, it seems like, uh, you know, that game against the giants, we'll get into it in just a second, just do a real sh- uh, quick recap of it. But like you said, that this team has really hit the ground running. A lot of our rookies have hit the ground running and are providing immediate impacts that we didn't, you know, a lot of people saw immediate impacts from Micah Parsons, the number one pick, but still they, mm-hmm. they, they expected more growing pains than he really has had. Mm-hmm. We all, and, and there was a lot of us and myself included, I'll admit I was wrong. I thought he was going to be primarily off the ball linebacker and he wasn't going to be used as the weapon X that he's being used as. So like, you know, I was a doubter. He has proven me wrong. He's proven a ton of doubters wrong. And the Cowboys have proven us wrong more, more so in that they're using him as an off the ball linebacker and some coverage, but also blitzing him, lining him up at defense and lining him up as nose tackle. We, we, we've seen him used, been, been used everywhere. Yeah. And then also yeah. of course, third round pick o- Osa Adugizua. Like I did not expect him to make the impact that he's making. Already. <laughs> no, or he wouldn't be a third rounder, right? Cause yeah. he's operating like a first rounder, even first rounders struggle as rookies. The defensive tackle is such a difficult position to come into the league and, and perform, um, you know, linebacker, we've seen them hit the ground running. We've seen running backs hit the ground running, but defensive tackle that takes a long time to become, I mean, you're going up against grown men up there in that line and to see Diggy do what he's doing is insane. Yeah. The two of them combined for 19 pressures this season, which leads the rookie class. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them each have 19 pressures and, you know, 
and Parson part the crazy thing is Parsons is even like a part-time rusher. He's not like a yeah. constant rusher. So that's just it just blows your mind that he's up there with leading. Um, so it just shows you what kind of talent level that he has and athletic ability. Um, so just we, we you've kind of dove into the game already a little bit. You know, they struggled out of the gates. You know, we had that early interception, just an amazing play by Carter on the Giants defense. Um, just athletic play. He made a great play. You can't yep. take anything away from him. And then the the bad like it was a little bit of bad snap. It was on the left side of Dak's hip, but he still should have caught it. It should mm-hmm. not have been a fumble. And then the fumble lost, recovered by the Giants. So we had those missteps in the first half, but we still ended up winning the game 44 to 20. What what are your thought? What are your initial thoughts and, and just your overall thoughts actually uh, on that game? Well, I, I think we saw that we can get creative and score points. Um, Cedric Wilson used a variety of ways. Like I really loved his the fourth down call where he picked it up on the on the end around. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was risky, and but Kellen leaned on a role player to step up in a big way, um, and it, it really caught the Giants off guard. There was the deep pass on the sideline, a critical situation that he pulled in. Mm-hmm. That was another extremely high EPA play in that game. Yeah. Um, and then the, the pass, the, it didn't work great. I mean, it was a completion. It was an ugly pass, but you know, we saw him do the pass yeah. to Noel Brown wide open. It was beautifully drawn up, just not quite executed as we wanted it to be. Um, but, but we're seeing role players step up in big ways and get things done. So it's just not the star players constantly dragging everybody how many how many years have we been like in the Romo era mm-hmm. where Romo dragged the team kicking and screaming to to, to success yeah. and now we're seeing we're seeing Dak operate I think as good as Romo as peak Romo right now I think that's where we're at I agree and he's got a team around him that seems to be performing as well and and all the way down to role players and to coaches yeah, it's a neat situation. And Dak's got a play caller that's in his bag right now that is just yeah. defenses can't figure him out. And it's interesting you mentioned that uh, Cedric Wilson kind of jet sweep that they did on that fourth fourth and one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Kellen Moore kind of took that from Joe Brady because if you remember against the Panthers, he actually the, they did that with Moore against us on a fourth and one and picked it up. So I'm wondering if he was like, all right, I'm going to put that in my bag and use it for, for a later down the line it just happened to be the very next week same situation we, we see uh cedric wilson with it pick up the first down i, di- I didn't think about that but i hope you're right because the uh an open mind mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator is a beautiful thing um we've seen so many offensive coordinators get stale we saw jason gareth get stale we saw um well j- you name it eventually eventually they're going to start repeating the same plays over and over yeah. again and to have somebody open-minded that starts picking up the tendencies of, you know, the Sean McVeighs or the Kyle Shanahan's and whatnot is a pretty neat thing. So I hope you're, I hope you're right. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that he might've pulled that out of the bag of tricks from the week before. If that's the case, that's, that's really cool. Well, yeah, I, I'm obviously I have no evidence to that, that fact. Yeah. I'm just kind of guessing and speculating, but if he did, like you said, it's pretty cool. And it's also like, Hey, that's, if he did, that's our offensive coordinator picking up on something that the other offensive coordinator did when the team's on defense, you know, like it, you know, he's, it's, if he, if he picked it up in the game, it means he's paying attention to what's going on on the other side of the ball. Or if he picked it up in film review, he's not just watching 
what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. He's watching the entire thing and watching, okay, what are offenses doing against our defense that maybe I could use and exploit other defenses with? Yeah. So, I mean, if that's what happened, I hope it is, like you said, like mm-hmm. it, it would be, it would be amazing. But um, yeah, I, I think you're spot on about the game. It just shows, I think it showed that there was a clear gap in the talent level. Now I, I get it. The Giants had a ton of injuries. They lost, yeah. they lost Saquon Barkley in the very first series. They lost Galladay at half to, uh, at halftime. They lost Daniel Jones right before halftime with a concussion. Like I get it. They came out and they were overmatched. I think they were overmatched in the first half, but it was just crucial mistakes on a critical mistakes on our part that kind of let them hang around and stay in the game. Yeah. Um, They really only had one drive. If you remember their field goal in the beginning of the game was due to that interception. They got the ball at half. uh, Oh wait, they didn't even actually kick a field goal on that one. I'm sorry. That's, that's wrong. Um, But they really only had one long drive in the first half that, that, Mm -hmm. that scored the touchdown. Um, But you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a 44 to 20 win. It's, it's a great win moving on to uh, the next week and, and getting stronger, building some momentum. Um, And I also like it that, I don't know if you heard during the week that they were like, Hey, it's a blowout win against the division. You put up 44 points, you know, and the response from the players and the coaches seem to be, yeah, we had a lot of mistakes. We need to clean them up. Not a like, Hey, you know, Hey, it's a great game. We blew them out by 24 points. It was, more focused on we need to clean things up. It wasn't a clean game, which mm-hmm. I agree with. Yeah. Yes, they seem to have elite expectations um, yeah. across the board, too, um, which I'm speaking to the defense, which surprises me. The defense has a swagger that we haven't seen, and they probably really haven't earned. They think they're better than they really are, and they hold themselves to a higher standard than anybody else, which is which is great. They're, they're stretching mm-hmm. themselves I think this is a very healthy thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay, so let's let's move forward we, to this next week, week six. We got the uh, – we're going to the Patriots. We, we're going to New England. We're going to visit Bill Belichick. Um, let's first look at the Cowboys' offense against the Patriots' defense. Now, Bill Belichick, we all know, one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. He's a, a defensive mind. He seems to scheme up things sometimes when he has a, uh, a tough matchup. He usually has a good defensive scheme going on. Um, one thing that he's famous for is taking away your best player and making you beat him without your best player. Uh, it's, it's the great mind of Bill Belichick versus the young mind of Kellen Moore. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this matchup? Well, he's been leaning on man one a lot. So like the cover one look, Mm -hmm. um, he's been leaning on that hardcore. This, I think he's the highest, the highest this entire season. I I, I think they are. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see that working against the Cowboys to have to have to leave Amari and CD on the outside and have them do their bidding. I mean, Dak doesn't really throw it deep middle anyway, that he's his rarest pass. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of doing the wrong thing. If you ask me and to speak to Belichick and his, his history, as soon as you think he's about to do one thing, he throws a completely different game plan at you. So I'm fully prepared to see a different look than he's shown this season. I think he's going to play us a lot like they played the Bucks, where they tried to keep all the plays in, take away the big, the big plays, and try to slow the game, limit possessions, and win that way. And they, 
they were pretty effective versus the buck or yeah versus the bucks granted weather played a role in that and weather's not going to play a role this sunday it seems yeah but yeah i, I think yeah i think he's going to deviate from from the norm is what i think yeah yeah i think you're spot on and that's what kind of he does he 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 you know, he'll switch it up just when you think you have a beat on him and what he's doing, he'll switch it up. And he, you know, he's one of the guys who first for the longest time, he's, he's always been ahead of the curve. It seemed with coaching where he's, I don't do what I do. I do, you know, I scheme for the team I'm playing. And um, I think he, I think he can see that with the Cowboys. I can see like an offense uh, or a defense like they did against the Bucks, like you said, where they're they're trying to keep everything. They're not letting you go deep. They're trying to slow down the deep pass that that passing attack. Um, I think I don't know how much it will work, just because as we've seen, the Bucks really don't have a strong running game, and obviously the Cowboys do. They're number two in the league in rushing yards per game. Um, Zeke and Pollard are both top ten in rushing. Uh, so it's going to be interesting because if they do play that man one against the Cowboys, they're going to be in trouble because as we saw just last week, um, Davis Mills passed for almost 300 yards on him and three touchdowns. Yeah. You know, like, so they're going to be in <laughs> trouble. Mills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, if they do that, I don't see how they can keep up with this Cowboys offense. I, I still struggle to see how much it, it, I don't know. I feel like kind of the Patriots were up for that Patriots, that, that Buccaneers game because it was the return of Tom Brady, you know? So mm -hmm. I kind of feel like they have that extra energy, kind of like a rivalry game where they're playing above and they're doing everything they can to win that game because of who they're playing They're I don't think they have that same kind of energy come into a Cowboys game that they play every few years. Mm -hmm. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they can do, but I, I do agree with you and I do expect that, he's going to switch it up and he can't, he, you, you can't play that, that man one against Dak no. in this offense. You just can't. Um, they have JC Jackson, who's a good corner, but he's not having the best year this year. Right. Um, Cause he has nobody else to protect him, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then that's pretty much it. Unless you have Judon rushing the passer. It's, it's Judon and JC Jackson really that's that are both playing at a, 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 a good level judon's playing out outside his mind which is a i wanted to talk about that matchup because judon has mostly been lefting up lining up as a left defensive end i was and, watching that too yeah yep. and, he's, and so that means he'll be going up against steel now we all know what steel has done this year we're all have been incredibly impressed with what steel has accomplished this year especially in his run blocking but his pass blocking still is something to be desired. And it's not up to the level of Collins. I know some people are out there saying that we need to replace it. It's Keep absurd. It. It's absurd. <laughs> Collins is our Collins is one of the best yeah. right tackles in the league. He's kind of, he's getting his job, but with steel going up against a quality pass rusher who, you know, is playing just as good as any defensive end out there in the league right now. Yeah. What do you think the Cowboys strategy is that you can't leave steel on an island against him. No, no. Uh, steel, I think is 20 or is 51st in pass block win rate. So that's pretty low. Yeah. He's doing very well as a run blocker, but he's substantially below average as a pass protector. So we need to keep that in mind. We need to separate our praise, you know, yeah. we're proud of steel for the progress he's made as a run blocker, but he's still a liability in defending the pass. So he needs help chip blocks. He needs quick passes, um, and and Dak generally passes quickly. Um, yeah. 
in these kind of situations. Um, but we saw we saw Terrence Steele struggle a little bit. He kind of left on an island a few plays last week, and he struggled a little bit. You know, some scary situations, and just can't afford that with Judon. Um, yeah, Judon has six and a half sacks and twenty two pressures. Um, but again, to put that in perspective, twenty two pressures. Michael Parsons has nineteen, and so does Diggy. Yeah. That's how amazing these rookies are. I don't want to keep bringing yeah. them back to the rookies, but come no, you're, on, you're, you're, you got to be excited. <laughs> you're spot on. You're spot on. And uh, it's only going to get better when Gallimore and Tank get back because, yes. you, you know, less people, they more people they got to block. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Judon is a little bit of a matchup that I'm kind of worried about. Uh, like you said, Steele hasn't been great. His pass block win rate is not great. The line overall, if you look at the line overall, it's not been great with pass block win rate this year. And that's mostly from Steele, uh, Biotish and, and Williams, you know, uh, Smith and uh, Martin have been solid. Um, yeah. but but Dak is still one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's just because Kellen Moore and him do such a good job of getting the ball out and moving him and moving around to where you know he, he's not getting that pressure. So that's a good thing, but the Judon match, said. yeah, the Judon matchup is a little worried, uh, has me a little worried, like I said, but. One thing I do expect is the chip blocks with the running back. Yeah. Um, also, uh, lining up Schultz and Jarwin. I've seen them both lined up mm-hmm. on the right side next to Steele. Both of them right there. You know, if they go out for the pass, they can throw a block, a chip block as they go out for a pass, and or just giving Steele help. I expect a lot of that uh, this week. And then the, the running backs. Um, Zeke, we know how great Zeke is at pass blocking. Uh, Pollard had that really big, great pass block against the Panthers that. Got, got that long pass to Cooper for the touchdown. Last week, he missed a huge one. Um, I don't – Dak got out of it and didn't get sacked. Um, I believe it's the one where the guy got around his ankle, but uh, Pollard okay. went inside, and the guy came from the outside, and Pollard never even looked outside and yep. completely missed him. So just a l- little cleanup. Hopefully uh, that can be cleaned up, and Pollard can recognize uh, when that, that, that corner mm-hmm. blitz is coming. Um, but uh, I expect – a lot of help on 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 that side because it as, other than Judon, other than Judon, I'm I'm not really seeing a ton of threats on that defense. Be in JCJ, right, right, and I think we can run to Judon. Um, I was looking up the the running success against the different holes, mm-hmm. and on the on the well the right end, I guess, with the right end of the offense against the Patriots, they're finding the most success. It was a six point what was it six point four five yards per carry when they run at the right end, um, which is Judon's territory. Yeah. So a lot of his success is pinning his ears back and going after the passer. Possibly you can use that aggressiveness against him by doing screens and also runs to that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's flip sides of the ball. All right. Let's look at the Cowboys defense against the Patriots offense. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk about the Patriots, uh, the Cowboys defense and how it's doing. There's a lot of up and down. Some people don't think it's as good as it's being made out to be. Some people think it's not as bad as it's made out to be. Um, so there's a lot of mixed opinion and it's, it's relying a lot of turnovers. But um, my thing is, it's a little bit better than people are looking at it. Like people are looking at the total yards and the passing yards are saying, oh, they're 31st in passing yards. Yes, they are but they're giving up a ton of garbage time passing yards yeah. because the last three games, they've been up by two to three scores in the fourth quarter and just teams are having to throw against them and they're 
sitting back and letting those short passes come uh, come across. I think it was Bobby Belt who uh, put it out there that the he tweeted out that the Cowboys have in the last three games, the Cowboys have had 38 pass attempts in the uh, uh, against them in the fourth quarter in the last three games. So combined 38 pass attempts against them in the other nine quarters combined. It's like 33. Wow. Or I'm sorry, it's flipped. I'm sorry. It's 38 in the nine quarters previous. And in the fourth quarter alone in the last three games, it's 33. So they're almost getting the same amount of pass attempts just in the fourth quarter of the last three games as in the entire game and the rest of the time. And because they have such big leads. So I think it's a little bit of, hey, they're not as terrible at pass defense as people are thinking. It's just that teams are being forced to throw in the fourth quarter. And that's kind of racking up the yards. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 exactly. Um, I was looking up the EPA per play and the Cowboys were actually a, a hot and trending defense in the top 10 in the first three quarters. It's the fourth quarter where all of a sudden you see things tank. Yeah. Um, and that's understandable when you're playing with a lead you give up soft yards and no matter how much we hate to see the prevent defense and yes. not necessarily that they're employing the prevent defense kind of, but, but in a way, you know, they're softening things up and allowing it's inevitable. It's it, we need to just accept it. Oh yeah. And then you see that. And then you see against Carolina when they had the big lead uh, digs went out, a couple other guys went out right. um, just, you know, maintenance. I know Diggs had a little bit of back spasm, so it was good that we got him out there, but you know, they scored two touchdowns on on the Cowboys defense after those players go out so you know we got to look at it in the whole context you can't just look at and be like oh 31st are terrible at pass defense you know which I know it's hard to do because if you don't watch the game then you're just looking at stats and it's kind of hard to do that's why we you know watch the tape you 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 watch the tape but you can't you don't do that with every team and that's the problem that's what you're looking at um what are some matchups do you think are you looking forward to with the Cowboys defense against this Patriots offense? Well, for me, I'm really just concerned about their tight ends. Um, Short passes, because I I think the Patriots are going to come out dinking and dunking, Mm -hmm. and they like to target their tight ends, and they like to throw it in the short middle. Um, So I think they're going to challenge our linebackers in coverage with uh, play action and maybe even some RPOs. Um, But it's going to be a quick strike. They're going to want to get the ball out. Um, Mac Jones isn't great with <laughs> any kind of pressure well he's in great period full stop yeah. and then he's also not great under pressure um yeah. so i i really think that he's going to try to dump the ball they're going to try to replace their running game they had some running game success last week um i think they for the running backs forced nine missed tackles um but that's not sustainable and it was kind of a freak occurrence and i'm sure bill belichick knows that so yeah. i think they're going to do a dink and dunk attack and try to use their tight ends and and, and try to get us that way I, yeah, I they, don't expect a lot of deep shots. They do have the tight ends in Hunter Henry and uh, John Jewis Smith. Um, you know, both talented guys who, who could get catches and yards after the catch. Um, like you said about their running game, it's interesting because we're getting a little lucky with, I got to say, we're getting a little lucky with injuries because Damian Harris has a chest and rib injury right now. He is questionable. They don't know if he's going to play right now. Well, and you won't know until game time, probably just because that's how Bill Belichick rolls. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on him. If he can't go, that's, that's a big issue because he's really their, their, their running back. That's going to do damage. Um, their offensive line is struggling. They're not a good offensive line. Like you said, Mac Jones, 
isn't great under pressure. He is one of the, I think he's near the bottom. I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's near the bottom of the league in yards per attempt in his passing. Yeah. Um, five touchdowns, five interceptions. He's just not there yet. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever get there, but he's, he's not there yet. Um, I don't really see any, there's nothing on this offense that scares me now to be honest with you, especially a wide receiver, especially a wide receiver where, you know, you, we, you're trying to think and who are their wide receivers? I know you have like Kendrick Bourne, um, uh, Harry, Harry, I think Harry's still there. Right. <laughs> and it's nothing really scares me. And I'm trying to think, and I, I hate to do that and be like, Oh, this, you know, there's nothing there, but I'm, I'm trying to think, and I'm trying to watch these games and I'm like, who, who worries me, you know? And I just don't see it right now. I agree. I'm with you. I'm, I, I don't, I don't see how their offense is going to beat how, how their offense is going to beat the defense. I, I don't see any conceivable way that they can do it enough to stay ahead of our offense. Now, I do think there's possibilities where they're going to get turnovers against us that we're going to mm-hmm. be too aggressive and things like that. So I do see bumps in the road for our offense, but I don't see any problems with our defense. And I am suspect of our defense. I don't think this defense is great, but I have such little faith in their offense <laughs> that I'm going in with a decent amount of confidence. Yeah, at least on the defensive side of the ball, for them, they have a player like Judon or J.C. Jackson, and they have the mind of Bill Belichick. Right, yeah. On offense, I'm not a believer in Dan McDaniels. I don't think he's that good. I think that's Bill Belichick's system. I don't think he's succeeded outside of that system as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not scared of anybody on that offense. I know you you talked about the tight ends who they have talent, but – I don't think these are guys who are like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle that level talent who are just going to kill you, who can take the ball and take it, break five tackles and take it 80 yards. You know, that's just not the type of players they are. Um, So I'm trying to be level headed about it, but there's not a ton going on on the offensive side of the ball for that team. Right. Yep. Um, Speaking of our, our defense, you know, we're, we're, we have some players out. We're not at full strength. There's possibility that we can continue to get better, uh, get strong after the bye. It looks like this is probably not going to be for this game. But Kelvin Joseph mm-hmm. returning to practice today, individual drills. He's not in team drills, but he's returning to practice, doing individual drills. It looks like it's a possibility we can grab him back after the bye week at Minnesota. Um, what are your thoughts on Kelvin Joseph and what his timeshare is going to be, or if anything, when he comes back and where he stands against uh, Anthony Brown and, uh, and or Jordan Lewis? Well, I'm not overly bullish on Kelvin Joseph. I'm extremely excited to get him back into the mix. Um, he has untapped potential. So we can dream big dreams. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what the limit is where, with Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, we know they're, they're, they're capped. We know yeah. how good they can be. And that's about, that's, that's where they're at right now. Um, that said, both of them are playing a little bit better now than they were at the start of the season. I've been seeing a lot more consistency from them. Um, so Calvin Joseph, I'm hoping can be a contributor in a few weeks. Um, I don't seriously expect him to take over the starting role this season at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I think the veteran 
the veteran status of Brown, his his lower, or I should say his higher floor is going to endear him to the coaching staff. Um, I want Kelvin Joseph, obviously, because he's got all the potential in the world. I want him to, to break through, but he has such little experience in college, such little experience, even with the Cowboys as a pro. Um, I just think it's going to take time. And he's going to need reps. So God willing, they just ease him in and he starts building confidence and develops into the guy we think he can be. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I've heard some things that he's not really going to, they're going to ease him in um, this year, let him grow into the role. We'll see what happens next year, um, how he plays, of course, and how Anthony Brown plays, of course, throughout the rest of the year, of course, could affect it and change plans. But right now the plan is kind of to ease him in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I've, I've heard this, I don't know how accurate it is, but it looks like they're looking at him to take over the Kennedy role of filling in here and there and then late in games if they have a lead. Um, mm-hmm. I Just to get him some reps, I just don't know. I think Anthony Brown really struggled in the first game against Tampa. but And then against the Chargers, he struggled as well against uh, Mike Williams, who, yeah, look, everybody's struggling against Mike Williams this year. He's, he's playing at a phenomenal level. Um, but he's been solid. I mean, it's not the top-level competition, but he was solid against uh, Philadelphia. He was solid against the Panthers, and he was solid against uh, the New York, uh, the Giants. He did have a couple boneheaded plays, uh, a bad play at the end of the Panthers game that allowed a big play, a really bad play against uh, Tony where the ball was kind of thrown up in the air, and he let Tony catch it on the sideline. He's made some, but he's also made some plays. He had the interception against Philadelphia. He had the pick six against uh, the Giants uh, this last week. So I think he's doing enough to hold down that job right now. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, you're going to have some plays where he's going to give a pass. You know, he's going to give it up. But, you know, he's making enough plays to where you're like, all right, I can live with this. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Lewis, honestly, I barely ever noticed Jordan Lewis in the game. Now, that's kind of good for a cornerback. I mean, he's not really doing anything to stand out to where, oh, wow, he's playing great. But he's also not standing out to where I'm like, oh, get him off the field. Like, I barely noticed him. I don't know about you. How have you felt about Jordan Lewis's play this year? Well, I did notice him last week, I believe it was. And he had multiple plays where it was excellent coverage and very difficult situations and and it was a noticeable improvement over some of the earlier season plays. Um, I thought he's been progressing as well. Um, and again, we, I mean, we know the ceilings on these guys. We know they're not going to all of a sudden become pro bowlers, but they have been performing well in the past. And if we can get them to consistently perform like that, that's what we really need for, you know, a playoff run is having mm-hmm. consistent guys. We got our playmaker and digs. Yes. We can have some stability on the other side because the kids, the other kids are going to get targeted more and more as the season goes on well yeah and and this will also speak to the fact of how much we're getting passed on because of our leads in the fourth quarter i don't know if you know or you saw and anthony brown is the most targeted cornerback in the league right now you know who's second who trayvon diggs all right yeah there we go (laughs) we have the two most targeted cornerbacks in the league right now and that just speaks to how much we're getting thrown on in the fourth quarter because of our leads because we're yep. forcing people to, hey, we can't run the ball anymore because we're down by two, touch, two to three touchdowns. And um, that's kind of speaking on it. And I think they've played great. I think 
you know, we all know what Diggs is. Diggs is on pace for uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in the conversation there. Another one that I didn't really talk about, tell you about uh, pre-show, and I apologize for this, but it's kind of in the same lane as uh, Kelvin Joseph, but Donovan Wilson back at practice as well. Looks like we're going to get him back after the bye week. There's a lot of talk right now that he might have lost his starting job to Jaron Curse, who's been playing really well. Um, there's uh, a lot of people who really like Wilson who want him to get his job back, but there's a lot of people that think Curse has won that job. Um, it's I've said it. I said the Jaron, the Curse, how well he's playing has a, is what allowed the Cowboys to move on from Jalen Smith. Um, because he can play that nickel linebacker role, which he did a little bit against the Giants. What are your thoughts on Wilson coming back and where he slots in coming back? Right. Well, first of all, your, your take on, on Curse and Jalen, that's very insightful, and I couldn't agree more. Um, there, there's a lot of overlap between the positions. Um, speaking to Donovan Wilson, um, there's going to be a place for him for sure. I don't think it's as neat and tidy as you two are the starters. You two are the backups. Um, you know, in today's NFL, especially in Dan Quinn's system, he's cycling mm-hmm. in safeties all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's really just going to go by snap counts. We're seeing hooker get his fair share and Wilson's going to come in. And I think Wilson is the best safety on the roster, not by a huge margin. Um, but I think he is. And, they're going to find a way to get him on the field, especially because he's a playmaker. Um, mm-hmm. He makes hidden plays that you're not just going to see in practice that when the lights come on, he's making those plays. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's pretty versatile. He can play in the box and he can play some deep stuff in coverage. Um, I like him more in the box. I like him more like curse, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but, but I think there's going to be situations where we're going to have both of them on the field at the same time. And it's not going to be a problem. I think it's hard just because of his playmaking ability that, I mean, we saw last year, his ability to take the ball away, whether it was picking off getting interceptions or forcing fumbles. He had the big, the big hit on uh, Dalvin cook that forced the fumble. He had a big strip sack of uh, Carson Wentz. Um, you know, he, he, he finds a way to get the ball and add that to digs and, and you've got something. And then also I agree with you with the way they're rotating safeties because KZ is kind of the mainstay right now. I think he played about 60 something snaps uh, last game, but hooker had his most snaps. He was in the thirties. They're ramping him up and you can see he's getting better each week. He's still a guy who is recovering more from his surgery, uh, from his injury. And he's still ramping up and he's still getting better and better each week. And we all know his playmaking ability when he's at hundred percent or if he can get back to hundred percent of what he was, he has that playmaking ability as well. Interesting thing about hooker. Um, I said it before the season started. I got a lot of crap for it. Like I said, look at this guy can play in the box. He's not strictly a free safety. That's just roaming. I know that's what he did in Indianapolis because he excels at it, but like this guy can play in the box. He's a really good box player. He can stop the run. And you see, he's mostly playing in the box for the Cowboys and he's getting tackles for losses. And he, he's, you know, he's showing up as a box safety. And um, I, I, I love how Dan Quinn is finding a role for him, getting him more snaps because I, I love Hooker and his, his ability. Yeah. Now, let me, let me throw a question at you. Mm-hmm. Who do you see as the best coverage option for, say, New England's tight ends? Like, who do you feel the most comfortable covering an athletic pass catching tight end 
right now I'd probably say curse. Okay. Because he's athletic. He has the size yeah. um, to go with him. You saw what he was able to do with, uh, with cooks uh, and, and uh, with the chargers, you know, I know they called pass interference, which it wasn't. Um, and he got the pick, you know, they took it away from him, but his ability to cover, we saw him running with and covering like Ertz and Goddard really closely and really tight. Um, I think when you're looking at Wilson, you're looking at uh, KZ and Hooker, they're more guys who, when they're in coverage, they're covering a lot of space. They're covering their area, where I think Curse is a better guy who's, he's, who's not as good at covering his area, so to speak, and, hey, I'm going to body up this guy. And, mm-hmm. and when you're looking at a tight end, I think that's a, a better situation. I think they're, you know, if you're strictly speaking of tight ends, it, it would be a uh, curse. If you're thinking of a wide receiver, like going down on the slot, it's probably KZ. Yeah. That, that would be, that wouldn't be my thinking on that. What do you, what do you think? No, oh, you sold me. I, it was an honest question, man. I, I really wanted to get your take <laughs> on that. And, and you sold me. It, curse is what? Six, three. I think so. He's, yeah, he's, he's a big, big guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I, I agree that, the LA game, the the call that shouldn't have been. <laughs> I mean, that right. was legit phenomenal coverage. Um, yeah, I, I I think I'm with you that yeah, he, he would have to be he would have to be the match for a tight end. Yeah, because all the nice... other guys, go ahead. All go the other guys can get bodied up. Yeah, and he he had a nice third down breakup against uh, Ertz, or it was either Ertz or Goddard um, in the Philadelphia game where it was a big third down. Uh, Hertz uh, rolled out of the the pocket and tried to hit uh, one of their tight ends on a crosser, and uh, he was all over him. He was all over him, knocked the ball away. And then he's he's played great in run defense as well. But uh, yeah, I, I I've been really impressed because I didn't. He's not a player when we signed him that I was like super like I wasn't down on. I didn't think it was a bad signing. I was just like, oh, he's a great special teams player, and I didn't really expect what we're getting out of him. Yeah, I, 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 when we signed him, I called him out as being cut and not make the final 53, to which he actually replied to me about um, <laughs> and uh, handled it great. He handled it great. He's just like, yeah, just wait and see. And I did wait and see. And I put in print, I apologize. I was wrong. <laughs> he was a player. Yeah, he, he has been a player. I think he's, he's been the best he's ever been in his career. Like, it's not, it, it's yeah. not out of line to say he's playing his best football right now because he is he mm-hmm. really is and i'm glad he's playing his best football for the dallas cowboys yeah and i think he's just more unleashed when i watched his old film like he just seemed to be robotic he seemed to be stuck in situations where he was caged in and mm-hmm. i've just seen so much freedom on the cowboys defense with him i think and they've used him as a as a pretty important piece too mm-hmm. he's played important roles he's not just a guy i think he had a. Uh... Against Carolina, he had two or three tackles for loss. I think he had another one against the Giants. Like, you know, and he's guarding tight ends. He's getting tackles for losses. Like, he's, he's just playing phenomenal. And, and you're right. Dan Quinn is letting these guys play free. Yeah. And you've talked about what Dan Quinn has been doing. You've wrote and written articles about it. If you have not read Reed's articles, I highly recommend you go to DFW Sports, read his articles. He, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic stuff that he puts out. Um, but Dan Quinn has been special. We've heard it that he came to Dallas and basically threw away his playbook and yeah. said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming here and building a new defense because what I did in 
what I did in Seattle is not working anymore in this league because we saw what happened with, with Atlanta. Um, I need to see what these players can do and build a defense around these players. If these players don't like it, get it out of here. That's what Michael Parsons says. He says, if we don't like to play, we tell Dan Quinn, hey, that's not working. He's throwing mm-hmm. it out. And it's, it's really amazing. You've talked about the coverage. You wrote an article about the coverage that he used to run, the cover yeah. three, you know, and that he stuck to it. That was what he did. And he's not. He's, he's not. He changed yeah, the book. I, I dedicated the entire offseason telling Cowboys fans, this is what you expect. This is what you should see. And game one, I basically took the table and flipped it over <laughs> in a good way because everything I did all offseason was wrong because he fundamentally changed the way he was. And it, it's an awesome metamorphosis to see. It really is. Like he read your articles and was like, I'll show you. Yeah, screw that guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's been amazing because I, I don't think offenses and, and offensive coordinators have really picked up what he's doing um, there. You know, they probably did the same thing and they studied what kind of defenses he ran. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as the year goes on, maybe they start to pick up as and they get more film. They start to pick up. OK, what is he doing? What does he like to do? Um, by then, hopefully we get more of our players back. You know, we, we're. I've talked about this. We're missing uh, Gallimore, who's a big piece in the center, who we had high expectations coming to this year. Hopefully he can come back um, second half of the year. And then, of course, Tank. Um, Look, Randy Gregory has been outstanding. Outstanding. He had nine pressures against the Giants last week. Just outstanding. He has been a monster. There were multiple times where he just bull rushed Soldier Solder, or however you say his name, yeah. and just one time he just bull rushed him and put him put him down, and but he's, he didn't have a sack. And then people are like, oh, he's not getting a sack. It's kind of like the Demarcus Ware, yes. uh, Demarcus Lawrence argument. Oh, he only has five sacks, you know, uh, but he's near the top of the league in pressures. And you're like, come on. Um, but he, he, it's getting that, and it's because, like Demarcus Ware, there's not that person on the other side creating pressures the quarterback can escape the quarterback can get loose Um, I don't know how many times I saw either Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon rolling out to the right running from Randy Gregory in that game because there was nobody else generating that pressure on the other side Micah Parsons was moving around not he wasn't playing primary left into the defensive end so right you had that and when Lawrence comes back you're going to get that pressure from the other side and you might see those sack numbers for one of them or both of them start to jump up. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we should. I think Demarcus Lawrence is going to help Randy. Um, It's not going to steal from him. There's enough pieces of pie to go around. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, speaking just to the last game, when Saquon went out, I immediately wanted to move Micah Parsons back to edge. I liked, I liked Micah as a linebacker when he had to shadow and watch Saquon, but, <laughs> but when it wasn't there, I wanted somebody else on the edge. Um, basically I, I like Parsons rushing the passer most times, mm-hmm. except short yardage situations. I love Micah Parsons as a linebacker. Oh he makes yeah. Good decisions. And he thumps last game. I was just going over the all 22 and it was just amazing. He made so many good decisions in short yardage. I graded him poorly as a linebacker overall. Uh, he kind of got lost in the, in the mix but he was so impactful in all these short yardage situations as a linebacker, especially on the goal line. Optimally, I see him as a short yardage linebacker and a pass rusher. And you can get creative with pass rusher. 
get him in the middle, get him everywhere, but get him rushing the passer as often as possible. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like he was, he was outstanding in goal rush opportunities. Um, yes. When when they that that drive right before half where they ended up scoring on that fourth and goal um, after Daniel Jones got out, but that that whole thing was you know Parsons was was in there uh, making the stops. There was a couple guys. There was it was gang tackles, but Parsons was right there um, mm-hmm. helping stop that run. He made a couple really good short yardage stops. Um, so yeah, when these guys start to come back, it's it's. It can only make our defense better, you know. Guys like Wilson, uh, Joseph. We'll see what he provides when he comes back and his limited opportunities or whatever the opportunities they're going to give him. And then, of course, Gallimore and uh, and Tank. So yeah, that's the Patriots game. We kind of go on over the offense versus the defense, the defense versus the offense. Um, let's go to predictions here. Let's go to predictions here. What is your overall game? score prediction who, who do you got and what's the score all right well I've got the Cowboys 31 to 16 I think New England's going to get up a lot of field goals one touchdown is going to be to the tight end okay okay I could I that yeah I, I'm pretty close to you I had actually uh, a 31 10 um, I, I see another uh, I could see us putting 40 up but you know getting another 40 burger but um, I think you know, it'd be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of running. I do expect the, the Patriots to try to prevent the pass like they did with the Buccaneers, like you were talking about earlier. I don't think um, a lot of teams are doing, most teams are doing this to us. They don't want Dak to beat you deep. They don't because they know how explosive our offense can be. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're methodically saying, okay, you have to march down the field. So far, our offense has been unstoppable in, we're like, whatever, we'll, We'll methodically go down the field, you know, like a nine play 98 yard drive like we had last week. Like it's, it just seems like, okay, but the teams, that's their, that's their plan. They're saying, can you consistently do that throughout the game? Mm-hmm. Can you consistently make that convert that third down? Okay. You're going to run, but can you make that third and short consistently? So far, the Cowboys offense has. I don't think that's going to stop, but I think it's going to drain the clock a little bit more. And I, I, I so I got about 31, which is still a really good score. Um, and then 10, I like we, we went over it. I don't see much um, coming from uh, the offensive side of ball for them. I, I do see another uh, Diggs continuing his streak and getting another interception. Um, do you have a bold prediction for this game? Okay, so I thought hard about this one, and I am going to go bold. Okay. Uh, Cowboys are second in turnover differential in the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to lose the turnover differential battle. I think they're going to have more turn. Oh, wait, I don't think they're going to win. Let me clarify. I don't think they're going to win the turnover differential battle. Okay. They're either going to have the same or they're going to have more turnovers than the Patriots. Okay. Um, I, I, I think that the Patriots are going to try to keep them caged in. And I think we're going to get a little greedy and we're going to take some shots and some are going to work and some are not going to work. Um, we're going to have some turnovers, but it's going to be okay because they're not going to be able to capitalize on those turnovers. They're going to end up kicking field goals. Okay. Um, that is my, that is my bold prediction that we're going to, we're going to get a little greedy. We're going to, we're going to get burned a little bit, but we're going to make up so much more. Okay. That's not a bold prediction. I like, but all right, uh, we, we, we could go with it. Um, my bold prediction is actually, we're going to get a punt block this week. Oh. And if you see it, Fossil's been bringing pressure randomly throughout the year. He brought it again um, 
last, I think it was just last week. He brought it again, almost got home with Goodwin. I think Goodwin's probably going to be the guy. I don't want to make that bold of a prediction and actually predict the guy who blocks it. But I think we get a block this week and a block punt um, this week. Uh, Cause I, I think fossil is going to go. And if you notice, like, I think the, yeah, the last time we played the Patriots, their Patriots have always been stellar in their special teams. Um, last time we played them in 2009, they actually blocked a punt of yeah. ours. Um, so I'm predicting bold prediction. I don't think I've ever predicted a <laughs> punt block before, but that's going to be my, uh, my prediction this, uh, this week. I, I hope fossil, if you're listening, bring the pressure let me let me be right on this one (laughs) that's right nice okay i can see that happening yeah so i i I hope it does because when when was the last time the cowboys blocked a punt could you can you think of it because i can't i was trying to earlier i can't i didn't look it up um uh so i'm probably off they've probably done this uh prior to this but the last one i can think of was what was it i don't remember the year it was like 2008 or something like that and um watkins the old safety watkins blocked right. he, he blocked one against minnesota and i think we returned it for a touchdown um but i can't remember the exact year but it's been a long time because that's because okay. that's Watkins. so we that we've, patrick watkins six yes patrick four, watson patrick there right. you go patrick watson. <laughs> so you could see how long ago that was i don't 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 Come at me if you hear this and be like, oh, you're wrong, because I very well could be wrong about there might be one more recent, but that's just the last one I can remember. Right. I think the point stands that it's been a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Somebody's probably going to come back. I'm like, oh, we blocked one two years ago or something that I just don't remember, but I honestly don't remember that. Um, Okay. Well, that's pretty much it. We have, we're both predicting a Cowboys win. We're both predicting a comfortable Cowboys win. Going into the bye week, we're going. We're both predicting we're going to be five and one, um, getting some rest, getting ready to head on over to uh, up to Minnesota. Um, so, Reed, I really appreciate you coming on, filling in for Dan this week. Uh, it's always great having you here. Um, tell everybody who's listening where they can find all of your work. It's my pleasure. Um, I'm Reed Hansen uh, at Reed D Hansen. Uh, Reed R E I D. And I write for sportdfw.com and we got new content up every day. Yeah. Great content. Like I said, if you, if you don't follow, uh, read, make sure you, uh, find his, uh, his Twitter, follow him, uh, get, get into his content because he provides excellent content, excellent, uh, analysis and analytics, like some of the best analytics out there. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really great stuff. And, you don't always see that. You don't, you don't always uh, get that kind of uh, quality when you, when you go for a follow. Um, so that's it for the 4D podcast. I'm Massey. You can find me on Twitter at the J.A. Massey. You can find the podcast at Podcast 4D. We'll be back next week, and we hope to see you then. Have a good night. <laughs>